Well, hello. We'd like to welcome you to Arise and Shine with Tony and Melissa Hurst. And uh, we're just excited about, about God's Word. And, uh, and uh, we just can't wait to get into it because we believe we have some things that the Lord has uh, instructed us to, to bring. And, uh, and I think it's going to be helpful. And I think especially in the time that we're living in today, I believe it's going to be extremely helpful and help us to get to that place where God wants us to be. And uh, so if you have your Bible, and you can, won't you uh, get it, and let's sit down and, and let's look into God's Word. It's real important for you not only just to hear, but also to see. It will increase your ability to be able to, to grasp what's being said. So if you have time and you've got your Bible, just do that right now, and let's get into God's Word. Please connect with Arise and Shine by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash arise and shine TV show or emailing us at TV at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Well, hello. Let's go ahead and let's pray before we get into God's Word right now. Father, we just want to invite your presence into this time, and we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the privilege to look into your Word, and thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the great teacher, and we just expect Him to just unfold and reveal to us the truths from your Word. Help us to see the things that you desire for us to see at this time and in this hour and this moment of our life. And we thank you for ears to hear and eyes to see, Father, and we believe that we receive it. And thank you for utterance and boldness, Father God, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start in the book of Acts chapter 1, and uh, we've taught along these lines before, but uh, we're backing up and looking at it from a little bit different angle. And we're going to talk about it a little bit for a while. And we're going to probably stay on this for a while until, you know, we believe that the Lord's done with it. Because we believe that, uh, you know, you do some teaching just to, uh, to just for information, you know. And it's not like it's, uh, uh, you know, pertinent. You know, the Word of God's always pertinent. It's always relevant. It's always up to date. And, and there's really no truth in there that you could say like, well, we don't need that right now. No, that's really, you need it all, and you need it all, all the time. But, but what we're teaching on right now, we believe it's, it's something that needs to be taught right now at this moment in the church because primarily, you know, when you look around in society today and, and, and where, where we are at, especially during this year and the things that are going on, you, you begin to kind of do some research, and, and I hope everybody, not just myself, you know, or Melissa, but would do some soul-searching on our own to try to you know discover because inst- what we do is human nature if you're still at that point in your life where everything's always somebody else's fault then you are a long ways from from where, what's right you know because we we've learned that even in marriage relationships very seldom i don't care what the situation is i don't care really what the circumstances is it's very 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 unlikely that one of the two in a marriage relationship would be absolutely, totally, 100% blameless, no matter what the situation is. You say, well, they, they did something. It was really dumb and stupid. Well, yeah, I know, but what kind of a relationship or what was going on in your life with you and that other person up until that thing happened? You know, and so a lot of times it's just like, well, I didn't do anything. You know, they just did something really stupid. See, we all have parts to play, and we always want to seem in the human nature wants to blame it on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, and for every action, there's a reaction, and that's what causes, you know, the thing to keep going or it to stop, so. Right, right, you know, and so it, it's, it's, it's a, 
So what we want to do is we want to look around and uh, we've, as we look around, you know, you could point the blame and, you know, and everybody wants to blame leadership. Everybody wants to blame politicians. They want to blame the, the police department. They want to blame the fire department. They want to blame their pastor. They want to blame the leaders in the church. And, or, the, or you know, or if it's, on a, if it's on a personal level, then it can't be your fault. It's got to be your wife's or the children, you know, or the in-laws. It's always somebody. But as we begin to look around, especially, you know, not on necessarily a personal labor, a level, rather, but, you know, uh, on more of a, of a open, you know, just kind of like a global, you know, or just a regional or even just around us, what's going on around us. And uh, you, you have to look for answers. What, what's, what's the deal here? What's going on? You know, why is this like this is? Well, this isn't something that just all of a sudden just popped up out of the blue. You know, uh, it's, you know, just all of a sudden, you know, it's just like somebody, you know, that gets into an adulterous affair. They don't just wake up one morning, never had the thought, never thought about it, never entertained anything, just always went along their life, you know. You know, everything's just kind of hunky-dory, as you say. Everything's good, and all of a sudden they decide they want to go out on their husband or their wife. See, that doesn't happen. That never happens. It's always something that has been thought about, meditated out, you know, and, 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 and I mean, and there's things that feed those kind of thoughts. It's really the, the key to all that stuff is, is what you think about the longest and the most is exactly what you're going to do. You will act it out. You will act it out. And it just depends, you know, on what it is, how it will be acted out, but you will, you will. Your, your thought life your inside life, the inside you, the things you think about that nobody else knows about, it will eventually work its way externally if you don't check it and if you don't stop it and know how to deal with it. You know, and so, um, so what we're going to talk about is, is what's going on and look at it from a perspective. You know, we've talked a little bit already, you know, when Jesus, you know, in, in the Gospels, he, he very clearly called the church, he called his disciples who eventually became the church, you know, the body of Christ. The Bible even goes on further and gives us revelation that, that, that the disciples became the church. The church actually became referred to as the body of Christ. And, uh, and, uh, he, but he called us light. And when you think about what light is, and he also called us salt. When you think about those two elements and what they are, why would he, why would he do that? Well, when you go back and you study what light literally is and what salt literally is, he, he expected... The, the, his disciples or the church or the body of Christ to be exactly that. And, uh, and, he, and he never has changed that. He never has come back and said, well, I've decided now you're no longer the light and you're no longer the salt. You know, you're, you, you know, you're something else. No, God's word has been settled. Nothing else has been given and it won't be given. So that's what we are to be light and to be salt. When you think about now, when you look around and you see all of the things that are going on in society at so many different levels, and, uh, and, in, and in so many different avenues and so many different ways, you, uh, you know, you have to wonder. And, you, and, and it's so easy to call it. I mean, it's darkness is exactly what it is. The, God's Word calls it darkness. And, and it's just that's what evil is. Evil is something that people want to do in the shadows, you know. But now it's like that darkness is trying to take over. And, and, and like I said, it's so many different levels. And so... When it comes down to it, darkness is an amazing thing. We talk, when you look at darkness from, even from a natural standpoint, you know, uh, how do you get rid of darkness? Mm 
Or how does darkness, how does darkness invade our lives? How, does it, how is it allowed to become dark? It's so easy. You, all you have to do is extinguish the light. It's, darkness is the absence of light. That's what darkness is, really is. And so when we're talking about you know, natural physical darkness, you know the way it, it, it gets nighttime is the sun goes down. The sun ceases to be in a place where that it can you know, throw the light on the, on, on the earth and on us. And, so dark, and, and then if the moon is out, then you'll have a little bit of light, but not much. And then if it's cloudy, you ever seen a real cloudy night? You know, when the moon can't even shine through it, you're talking about dark, especially when you get outside, you know, out in, 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 in nature and in the woods and things like that. It can be so dark at times when the moon's not shining that it's hard to see your hand in front of your face. So see, we're talking about darkness, but all you have to do in those environments is have a flashlight. Mm -hmm. So no matter how dark it is, flip on the flashlight, got good batteries, everything's good. You have a certain amount of light so that you can see where you're going. What I'm trying to get you to see is right now is, is the reason that darkness, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, the only thing that man has to do to allow darkness or to allow evil to overtake or overrun a society is for good men to do nothing. All you have to do is extinguish your light or put it under a bushel, so to speak, as the Bible says, as Jesus said, and just don't allow it to shine. See, and I think that's exactly what we have done, and this just did not happen in, in, in this year. It didn't just happen last year. It didn't even happen the year before that or even the decade before that. I believe it's been a gradual thing of the church as a whole allowing things to creep in over time, you know, and begin to rob us and steal from us the truths of God's Word and has and 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 every time listen every time you you lose every time you are allowed a truth from God's word a principle from God's word to be robbed from you and you no longer embrace it as being the truth and and you no longer are walking in the light of it the enemy has just been able to rob you of power see knowledge natural physical intellectual knowledge that it's it's been said that knowledge is power and it is. You can't do something you don't know. You know, you, it's, hard, it's hard, you know, to do anything. Knowledge always has to come first of something. You can't drive a car without knowledge, or at least without hurting somebody. You have to have that knowledge and that understanding so that you know how to operate that car. And it's the same way with spiritual knowledge. See, spiritual knowledge is power. But see, it's on a spiritual level. And so every time the truth is able to be able to be extracted from you, and you no longer are willing to embrace it or grasp it as the Word of God and, and walk in the... Because you can know the truth, but if you're not walking in the light of it, it's like a book folded like this right here and sitting up on a shelf. It may be full of all kinds of information, and you may even know what's in that book because you've read it. But see, it's up on the shelf, and it means nothing to you. But it's when you take the knowledge that you have, you, you take that understanding of the truth that you know, and you're willing to implement them into your life to the point where that you can walk in the light of it. When the Bible says walk in love, you begin to pursue that. You begin to, okay, I need to find out what love looks like. I need to know, because if you don't know what it looks like, how are you going to recognize it when you see it? And a lot of people have a real huge misconception of what love is. And now 
the church, most of the church world has allowed the world to give them their definition of what they think love is. And now the half the church world believes that. See, you need to read 1 Corinthians 14, verses 4 through 8, especially out of the Amplified, because it'll define love so that you can actually even recognize it. So, see, you can know that you need to walk in love, but if you don't understand what love is and then know how to actually implement it into your life and walk in the light of it, then it does nothing for you. You don't have power. But, see, if you do know and you begin to go that way and walk in the little bit of light and understanding you have of it that you've got, more light begins to come. And with that, with that coming of that understanding of, of the truth comes the power and the ability to overcome the circumstances around you. And it literally, it literally drives the darkness back. It also gets easier. It gets easier. The more you do something, then all you know, you have knowledge of it. But sometimes it's hard in the beginning, or you know, you fumble around and it looks kind of weird. And (laughs) so, but the more you keep doing it, and you're not even sure you're doing it right, right. and then you wonder if it, you know, does this even doing anything? Yes, but if you don't quit. And, and you, you keep stay going. Consistent, keep doing it over and over. Then it gets easier, and it looks better. <laughs> well, that's 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 the same. That you know Maslow's law. We've talked about that before. You know, uh, you're ignorant, and you don't know it, and then you go to that sex, second step. All of a sudden, you, you see something you've never seen before, and we're all ignorant about you know a lot of things because nobody knows everything, you know. But uh, when it comes to God's word, God doesn't want us to be ignorant of His word. He wants us to have an understanding of it. That second step, you know, was. Uh, now you're, you're ignorant and you know it. And then the next one was, you remember, you, you, you do something, you can do something, but you have to do it consciously. You have to pay attention to what you're doing because you're not familiar with it enough that, you know, that you have to really pay attention. I know when I first started doing electrical work some 40-something years ago, you know, uh, and especially with wiring diagrams and stuff and, and how circuitry work and all that stuff, because I will tell you something, sometimes that can be pretty, pretty overwhelming, pretty complex, you know especially if you've never been exposed to it. And I hadn't at that time. So what I would do is, is I would always, if I had to, to wire something up and it wasn't something just real simple, you know, I would have to write it down. And what I'd do is I'd make a diagram. Mm-hmm. See, so I'd make a diagram of it. I'd say, okay, I've got this wire going here, this wire going here, and I would mark what they are, and then, and then I would look at it. So then what I would do is I would take that diagram that I had See, and I would implement it into what I was doing, and I would work it out. And then I would come back the next time. I'd have to do the same thing again because it had been a, a week or two, maybe a month or six months since I had did that particular situation, you know. I remember one, something that was, seemed so simple to most people is turning on the light from two different locations, you know, just wiring that in such a way where you can do it right or three locations and turn the same light on. You know, I know a lot of uh, journeyman electrician that had been through school and everything, and they still struggled with that, really struggled. But that's what I did. See, I don't know if what they did. I guess they probably just didn't want to take the time. They just kind of did what they did, you know. But I sat down, I drew it out. Well, you know, well, after doing that, you know, time and time again, after a while, I don't need the diagram anymore. See, I go into a situation today you know, and could have done for years. Now, I can go in and I can even repair where somebody else has miswired it. Mm-hmm. And, some, and, and I don't know, it's, it's harder to fix something that somebody else has messed up than it is to install something fresh from the beginning because now you've got to figure out what they did. And that can really be challenging. But what I'm getting across to you is now today, I do it without even thinking. 
See, I can do it without thinking. And that's what, and like, why? Because I kept practicing it over and over and over and over again till it became a part of my life. You got something? Okay. Well, let's go now. We're going to talk about the church. Is the church in these last days, are we going to be a church, uh, a powerful church or a pitiful church? A pitiful church. You know, if you just think about the word pitiful, somebody, something that's pitiful is, is, is what? It's kind of weak. You know, just kind of uh, helpless. Uh, you know, and, and you feel sorry for it because it's pitiful. You know, you pity somebody, you know. And so um, I believe where we are right now in to a great degree that the church has allowed itself, and I say itself because we, and I, and I know people don't think that, you know, they're in much control of their life. They believe that everything's destiny, 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 but that's not true. Even in destiny, we still have a will. You know, you can get up in the morning and go to work, or you can decide to call in sick and lie, even lie about it. Or, or you can go out and do something today, just, I mean, just something randomly, you know, just, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to go down here to, to the grocery store, and I'm just going to rob the grocery store, you know. You can do anything you want to do, see, because you have a will. You know, so it's not all God, you know, doing these things. And so what we have done, because what we have allowed into our lives and into our thought lives, and much of it has been preached from pulpits, much of it has been preached in churches, and or I should say this, let me say it another way. A lot of stuff has been neglected. It's not that the wrong has been portrayed, it's just that much of the truth has been pushed to the side and, and not been... Uh, been preached and, and proclaimed and put in front of people. So, but, so now we have a church that doesn't know a whole lot about the Bible. See, the God's Word's not important to them like it should be. And so we better probably read a verse, shouldn't we? Let's do that. Let's go to Acts 1, 4 through 5. Let's read these two verses. Now, this is uh, right before Acts. Is, uh, Luke wrote this uh, account here. And uh, this is right before Jesus ascended up on high. Matter of fact, it gives all indication that it was the same day. You know, it was just moments possibly before uh, this happened. And he had already been walking with them for some 30, 40 days or something like that before he ascended, you know. And so, if he, you know, and this is the last time that he's going to be talking to them in this type of a setting because he's going away. Now, he'll be able to communicate with them down the road through the person of the Holy Spirit, but... This is the last time that he can really give them a personal, up-close impression of what he desires. No, so, uh, so, and I say all this because a lot of times we read over this and go like, oh yeah, well, okay, that's okay. Well, you need to understand the setting of it. Right. You need to understand the importance, the emphasis that Jesus put on this. And, and why did he say this, like the very last thing that he said to them? So it had to be extremely important. Mm -hmm. and, and in the way he said it, it wasn't just the words that he spoke, but you know, you can say words and the way you say them is just as revealing as what you say. Sometimes what the way you say it will totally overpower what you say. It's, it's, the, it's the emphasis, the expression you give with what you say. How did you say it? You know, and so you can say the right thing and say it the wrong way and it can be a mess, you know. So when you look at this for verse four, let's read this. Uh, you want me to read it? You want to read it? Did you, is King James okay? Or you yeah, King James. This, we're going to read from King James. Okay. Verse number four, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, 
but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Number five is for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now see, here he, he, he told them very plainly, and, and, and I don't think that Luke accidentally put that word in there, commanded. So evidently when he said that to them, it wasn't like he said it as a suggestion. He didn't say it as, this is something you may want to do. No, he commanded them. In other words, they had, if they're going to continue to follow him, if they're going to continue to be his disciples, which literally means followers of Christ. Okay, if you're going to be my disciples, then you've got to do something. There is no option. You have no other choice, but you have to do what I'm getting ready to tell you. And he even explained that to them. He said, yes, I know John came, but John preached about me. John preached water baptism. He said, but John even told you that there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with the, with the Spirit and with fire. See, he, he spoke of me, and this is that promise right here. He said, you've got to have this promise. So see, this was not optional to them. And so what's funny to me is now we live in a society and in a church world that this is totally optional. It's like it's not that important. It's like, well, they needed it, but we don't. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. If you think you don't need it, you just watch society and what's going on around you and watch and see that it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And you mark this day that I'm telling you, you not, you not only should have this, but you absolutely had better have this experience right here because what's out in front of you today, you, won't, you may not be able to make it. Right. You know, you won't be able to make it. Well, and the same here, you know, they didn't know what the future was going to look like. They probably had an idea just like we do, you know, what it's going to look like or, or what's going to yeah. be happening. And you base that off of pressure or what you're feeling now or what you've experienced before. But Jesus knew, and just like now, yeah. you know, if we don't have that, we don't have that knowledge of the future and what it's going to look like either. But if we have the empowering and we've walked in that, like we were talking about earlier, if you've walked in that and you have a, a close walk with the Lord, then He's able to, to empower you when you need it for those things that are coming up. And the Absolutely. same here, Jesus was telling them, you yeah. have to have this. You've you got to have it. And you better be exercising it and growing in it so that you're able to use it right. you know, when the time comes. And you, and you know, he had, he had a job for them to do. Right. Because he had already commanded them, you can go back to to uh, Matthew 28 when he told them, he said, all power in heaven and earth is given to, you, to me, you know, and heaven and earth has been given to me. He said, now you go. In other words, the Father sent me. He said, now I'm sending you. Well, the same commission that the Father gave Jesus is the same commission that Jesus gave the disciples, and that includes us. You know, and, that, and what was it? Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. You know, and those that believe and are baptized, they'll be saved. Those that don't believe, they'll be damned. You know, and he went on and gave, in Mark 16, gives five signs that would follow the believers, you know. And, uh, well, let's just, let's just uh, well, i tell you what, let's don't get, I won't get ahead of myself. Let's go ahead and hear in this, because this is exactly, you can see human nature in these verses if you look close enough and pay attention. Because, now, you, you know what Jesus just got through telling them. He told them, he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, he commanded them, you stay here, right. you know. Well, he didn't tell them that here. He said, but you shall be baptized. And then it goes on. If you read verses 6, they immediately change the subject because they want to know when his kingdom's going to be established and when he's going to come and all these things. Got their, see, they're distracted from what he said. Mm 
It's like they didn't even hear what he said. They were too busy thinking about something else because they wanted to ask his question. And in so many words in verse 7, he simply told them, he said, that's none of your business. He said, matter of fact, I don't even know. Only the Father knows. That's in his hands. But then he goes, but. You know what but means? Change of subject. Let's go back to what I was talking about. And in verse 8, he says, but what did he say there in 8? But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we can readily see right there that Jesus commanded them to tarry in Jerusalem for the initial outpouring of the Spirit. After that initial outpouring of the Spirit, right here, you never see the word tarrying. It's never implied at all in Scripture. So this is the only time they had to wait because they weren't waiting for God to make up His mind. They weren't waiting for anything else. You know, what they were waiting was for the day of Pentecost because God had already predetermined on the day of Pentecost. He said, that's the day that I'm going to pour my Spirit out. So they were waiting for that time, and it came exactly when God said it would come. And now it's here right now for everybody and anybody that would dare to believe God's Word and to receive it. But he told them, you must have power. You must be endued with the power. What is this power? He explains it here. He said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, He empowers you to do what God has called you to do. And so we're going to be talking about this uh, more uh, as time comes for a while because we believe it's very important. But if you're out there today and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, see, I, I, I honestly, Melissa and I talk all the time, we don't see how people make it without, without the Lord. And I don't see how, that, how even some Christians make it without a total and absolute reliance upon Him, you know, but because uh, it's not easy. So, but if you're out there today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we're going to pray a prayer for you and with you. And we want you to pray that prayer with us because this is your day to turn things around and to be endued with the power that God has for you so that you can, even though no matter all the darkness is around you, you can walk in light and you can, you can have the victory that God wants you to have. So if you're out there and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or you say, I'm out here and I have, but really I'm not serving Him, this is your time. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you today as my Lord and my Savior. Sin, Satan, you are not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Thank you, Father, for receiving me and for filling me with the fullness of your Spirit. I will follow you and serve you all the days of my life, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it from your heart, you have been born again. And I, and I, I desire, and I, would, and I would have you to tell somebody because that's what seals it. You need to tell somebody what God has done for you. Write us, let us know, email us, however you do that. And God bless you until we see you the next time. May God's best be yours. Please connect with Arise and Shine by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Arise and Shine TV show or emailing us at Arise and Shine TV at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you.